You're listening to Lost and Sound, a podcast exploring music, identity, and the future. Paul Hanford. I've always believed that one of the best ways we come together is through music. And through this series, I'm looking at how music can and is bringing us together now and in the future. From my base in Berlin, we'll be meeting artists from a range of disciplines from all across the world who are drawing on music right now, some already exploring new ways of doing this. Today, I had a chat with Ella Zweitnig. Hey, how are you doing? I hope you're good. I hope you're well. I'm coming at you from alongside the canal in Kreuzberg, in West Berlin, in Germany, on Central European time. I hope wherever you are in the world, you're having an amazingly lovely day. Today, the birds, the swans and the ducks all say hello to you. Today on the show, you're going to hear an interview that I did a few hours ago, actually. This is Monday, 15th of March, 2021. I did this interview with Ellis Weitnig. Ellis Weitnig is someone who I wasn't actually aware of until very, very, very recently. And her music just really, really drew me into this amazing world that it builds around itself. I've had a few guests recently that have come from this kind of more of a chamber, compositional kind of flavor. And she does partly come from this. But within that, there are voices, there are electronics, there's a whole sonic spectrum going on. Composer, producer, songwriter, Ella Zweitnig's music exists somewhere within the context of contemporary, experimental, electronic chamber music, yet it so effortlessly blooms into all sorts of unexpected directions over solo work, collaborations with her husband as part of Uma, as well as scoring for film. Austrian-born, but like me, she lives in Berlin, and we had a chat on Monday, 15th of March. Thank you so much for speaking with me today. Um, it's really, really good to talk to you. And I wanted to just sort of start by asking, like, how you're doing? How, how has lockdown been for you? Have you managed to kind of remain creative through the year? Uh, difficult. It, it's, it's changed, I think. It's sort of because now the lockdown, I'm living in Berlin as well. Mm. You too, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I um it's going on since such a long time so it doesn't mm. feel like lockdown anymore you know it it somehow by now it feels like okay that's just how it is and mm. in the beginning the first lockdown last year I I found extremely uninspiring so I didn't I was finishing a film back then and so I didn't realize in the beginning that what's going on 
because I was very busy all of March. Mm. And then come April, I realized, oh, I didn't get that many emails the last couple of weeks. So what's 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 going on? <laughs> and then it sort of sank in. And then it took quite a while for me to feel creative again. Mm. Um, yeah, I didn't like it. I, I found it a very uninspiring time somehow. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's nice that you had that little cushion of, of being really busy yeah. during the initial <laughs> initial lockdown. But I, I I totally agree with you in that it sort of feels now like it's it's kind of weird how much I just accept it now. Like I I um I go and get a takeaway coffee most mornings, and I'm just used yeah. to putting a mask on, like one in one out, and just that being kind of like almost like a social activity, you know. <laughs> Yeah, like a highlight of the day, really. It's, yeah, I'm going strange. to a different supermarket. feels really exciting these yeah. days. <laughs> I know, totally. <laughs> like, I, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I found I found a new I found a new one near a new, a new BioMarkt near near Hassenheide that has just yeah. a slightly different arrangements of stuff, and I was like, <laughs> "Wow, I'm in Bergheim." <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> totally. So, do you feel yeah. like you're keeping yourself sane, and do you feel like you're keeping kind of? A good balance at the moment. I feel like I I can handle it, and also, but I forgot to. I but like mm. the second when the second lockdown started, I got busy again because I also do loads of commissioned work. I don't only do my own artist work, mm. but I'm not mainly. But it's sort of it changes. There's sometimes when I mainly do commissioned work, and then I I take some time off and do my own stuff. Um, so I have been quite busy doing commissioned work. Mm. which ranged from writing soundscapes for sci-fi magazines to advertisements. So I've been quite lucky in that regard. I got kept busy from the outside, I can say. <laughs> I, I think it is. It's sometimes it's just getting through the days, isn't it? And having stuff yeah. to do and stuff like that. Um, and I think like uh, one thing that I've kind of been really interested about your work um, that I've been listening to so much is is the way that you use voices. Um, yeah. There's so many kinds of different kinds of voices going on. And um, particularly like when, when it's sort of like a recent release of yours, a wake takes a mumbling form. Um, mm -hmm. And there seems to be sort of like, you know, sometimes, I don't know, what, what, what is the kind of process with, with building up this kind of a, array of voices? Uh, like there seems to be like sampled stuff. There seems to be, you seem to be treating it in a way that's kind of both compositional and both like, more of an electronic musician and a pop musician as well, all at the same time. <laughs> Sounds a nice, a nice, fun description. Um, that's also how I feel sometimes a bit, um, that I don't know where, who I am really, that, I, that mm. I mix all these personas of mine. So I started out with a classical music education, but I also played in bands and did pop music, like more of the adventurous pop music, I'd say, not just the music you find in charts. And then I went on to study sound design with a focus on um, composition for visual media. So that's all these three components you just described, basically, mm. right there. Um, and But the process is mainly, I think, I don't know, one of my teachers, they told me they that if... I can play the piano, but I'm not a an amazing piano player, for example. I'm not like this kind of improviser that just sits down at the piano and goes along. But I had lots of vocal training and I feel when I when I start out with my vocals, mm. with my voice, if there's a blank 
project open. Um, I'm able to do more interesting stuff than I would be to than I would be when I would play the keyboard, for example. So I use my voice as a as a starting point very often, and then it stays in sometimes because it it makes these patterns that I'm. I don't know, maybe sometimes I'm too lazy to just redo them with some instruments, really. <laughs> <laughs> so that's interesting. So the voice is a kind of almost like, say, if you're talking about music, like it's architecture or a building, the voices are, are quite often for you the, the groundwork of a structure yeah. that you build up. And then you yeah. realize that maybe they're, they remain there as other things, other sounds yeah. come in. Yeah, they sort of... They're, Vocals, because I, I love music with vocals in it. When I was younger, I always thought music without vocals, you know, ambient mm. music or something like that. Not for me. I can't connect to that, which is not true anymore. Um, but I still like if there's some direct human element in it. If I can, if I can hear a person, I love people. I love, <laughs> I love to hear persons. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, it's sort of it's like um. Do you find that um, with your kind of contemporary classical backgrounds that there is a kind of a, a, a tension between the pop that you do and the kind of more classical elements? I mean, because I'm not classically trained as a singer, for example. Right. I try to not even to bother, you know. Mm. I don't try to to give someone the impression I can. So I I sort of have to use. I just wrote to my agent yesterday because I was asked to do some cla more classical traditional singing and I I barely manage, but with technology it's it's doable, you know. I can I know I know my plugins quite well, so I'm able to resemble something that sounds sort of classical and at the same time while I do that, it already puts some contemporary um, touch to it because then it sounds electronic and no one really knows what's going on there. Mm. You know, you, you do straddle these different kinds of disciplines and do yeah. you feel like there's a tension in these worlds that they're seen as being very different from each other? You know, the, the, the chamber sounds and the kind of more pop kind of sound, which you can kind of quite often combine at once. I mean, I, that might be the case, but I live in a quite non-classical world. My whole peer group basically doesn't really care about um, what you should do and what you shouldn't do. So I have the feeling there's not a big tension. Everything goes, I'd say. It's, 2000, it's 2021 and... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so bothered with people mixing up things. I, I think it would be even more interesting if I just um, had a conversation with a conductor from a bigger orchestra and they they wanted to do some something with other disciplines, but they've been really shy about the approach. So their approach still was very, very, very traditional because I think people are very afraid to lose their original audience maybe. Mm. But I think People who like to go to concerts are always going to be somehow open to some experiments, no? I, I think I like so. To, yeah, I like to be that optimistic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's good to also to be on the side of, of progress as well. Rather, yeah, exactly. You know, but maybe maybe like, like understanding where tradition comes from so you can kind yeah. of know how to move it forward, I, I feel. Um, yeah. 
And you kind of talking about your background and your contemporaries there, living in Berlin as well um, is a place where, you know, you do have a lot of different kinds of creative people that aren't necessarily attached to ideas of the past so much. Ah, that you mean. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I am very attached to the ideas of the past. I, I think Blank Bach kept me sane as a teenager, honestly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I love to play um, classical piano. When I was a when I was a kid, that was my my main, and I played the recorder for thirteen years, and um, so I'm very aware. And what I what I don't do is like if I if I have to arrange some, if I have to write write down like sheet music or something, I try to get someone on board who actually can do it. I don't try to um, pretend that I can do these things. Mm. I think it's good to delegate anyway yeah. to other other people. Um, yeah. Otherwise, you end up just taking on so much as well. Yeah, and, it, and I think there's so much expertise and there's people who are very good with things I am just not. So I'd rather let them um, put in their thoughts, which makes everything more interesting usually. Yeah, and, you, you, and it's sort of like, you, do you find like through doing that, you also kind of uh, strengthen your community around you by yeah. working with, do you work with friends when you do this? Mostly with friends, yeah. Mm. the first people i think of are friends of course because mm. it's the easiest to um get them on the phone <laughs> yeah, definitely and you know what they're like as well yeah you know? exactly you know that you like them and you, that it's not going to be a problem working with them and you kind of mentioned there a little bit about about kind of growing up and playing drums on piano when you were a kid and you grew up in vienna right Where, whereabouts in vienna did you, were you i born? grew up in the south of austria Mm. So oh, sorry, Vienna. Hours. I need another no coffee. Problem. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Yeah. It's a, f- a few hours away from from Vienna, so I grew up in a tiny village, I'd like mm. a real village with hundred people living there, and um, a few friends and my family, which was really nice. Mm. And what, up what, until I was a teenager. <laughs> right, and then does it suddenly get really boring when you're a teenager? I mean, you want to, as a teenager, you want to experience things and. Mm new things especially and it's really hard if you're in a tiny village where there's no real public transport connection to um, a bigger city or if there's no bigger city around (laughs) yeah and so did you what how did you find how did you kind of find a release for that did you did you end up kind of uh moving to a bigger place or did you or did music kind of come in and help in any way I mean, music, I I wasn't very interested in contemporary music up until I moved away to Vienna then, mm. after I finished school. Um, but there was this um, radio station in Austria called FM4, FM4. Mm. I don't know if you know, that's a youth radio station. Or in, I would say play indie music, strange, weird music, strange music, music for people who don't like chat music. And that sort of helped. They had a chat room as well. So we were, you know, on our modems connecting to the internet very slowly. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> chatting to people who also listen to strange music and finding some some sort of community through this, I think. Yeah, I think when I was growing up and when I found music, I was about 16, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, it was about the time of kind of things like nirvana and and grunge and i remember there wasn't again it was like radio uh it was pre-internet so it was like radio was was like there would be like a radio show on on bbc radio one for two hours every evening where they'd play all of this strange music and and it was so exciting at the time because it was um like 
it was it felt to me like it was it was music for me and for people that I was interested in getting to know that previously I didn't even know about um, yeah what what kind of music were you know you talk about this music what kind of bands or artists were really appealing to you at the time like this at the time I really mm. liked um Radiohead and Massive Attack I was really into this kind of um new electronic music mm. that I that I thought it was really exciting But also, I didn't have lots of friends who listened to this music, so I didn't have lots of reference points. So my main focus was still classical music. My, the plan for, from everyone for me was to study um, classical music, but I happily declined after I <laughs> finished school. <laughs> And, um, electronic music was for me very interesting. And what was the point where you found yourself kind of starting to make electronic music? Quite quite late, actually. When I after I, I was studying philosophy in Vienna and I played in some bands, I wasn't particularly well. I had some mental health issues. I think like lots of people in their twenties, but they don't realize, or we don't realize as a society. Yeah. By the way, um, <laughs> no, I 100% um, agree with you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then at some point, I started to make. I realized that you can make your own music. I because when you. The way I grew up, very, very remote and conservative, if you played an instrument, it was always, the idea was always to play in an orchestra, play other people's music. That's what you do, especially mm. as a woman, I think, or get a teacher, be a, be a piano teacher or something like that. And I just didn't like it. And at some point I realized, actually, I could have done something different. I could have written my own music. And then I just started out to write some strange, strange sketches on audacity, just used a really bad microphone and and whatever I had on hand. And then I moved to Berlin 12 years ago and my now husband, he he had a studio and he and his band, they've been on tour quite a lot. And he just gave me the key to his studio and I just started to go there all the time. Wow. And that's how, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like, and, and did, did uh, being in Berlin as well have an influence on how you uh, kind of discovered music and made music at that point not that much about discovering anymore but making music yes definitely i mean it was still late um 2000 it was 2009 mm. around that time and it was still very cheap to be in berlin so you didn't have to do a lot of other things it was just really fine <laughs> to, <laughs> to have a like a small job And that would pay your rent, and because your rent would still be quite cheap, um, yeah. And then I just went to the studio and spent my time there. So I think that part of Berlin made it very easy for me to to get in to get into music making, my own music making. And then I applied for which I for this music academy thing that doesn't exist anymore, and I don't want to name the brand. Um, <laughs> I think I have an but idea, it, but we'll won't, yeah. won't mention it. Yeah. But it was a big, big chance for me. And it was two weeks I, I that sort of changed my own perception of being able to make music as a mm. as a real thing. Because I met all these people. That are now lots of them are my friends now. And um yeah, that was quite inspiring. That's really cool. And um yeah. I think that there's something I, I feel personally, I don't know whatever people feel about this, about electronic music and the way that we we have so much more access to using 
electronic sounds and you know whether it's on a laptop or you know you mentioned using audacity there that kind of is is it sort of like takes away the idea that no you can't do that that you you know you mentioned when you were growing up that um if you wanted to have a career in music it would be more expected to be like a music teacher or in an orchestra but did you find that the use of sort of using electronic sounds gave you more of a sense of confidence to be able to do what you want to do I mean, this, I still sometimes, <laughs> it's funny <coughs> that you say that. I'm not a real um, gear geek. I don't like no. gear that much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but have, I still use uh, Ableton like a, like a four-track machine sometimes mm. um, <laughs> because I don't like to work on a grid. Um, but it definitely made things easier because it because it's just, it's there. It's on your computer and you can just turn on your computer or just open it up and then you can record anything and you have all these possibilities it's amazing it's cool and mm. i like that it's so easy accessible because i don't think that music should be a thing that's only there for people who have parents who carry them around from classes to classes who are able to pay um for your for your instrument lessons and stuff like that i think music should be for everyone and also available for everyone. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think I think um, it's you know I, I stopped making music about ten years ago, but I, I remember when I was making music, it was very much that approach for me as well that I didn't have any kind of music, musical education apart from yeah. listening to the radio or reading magazines about like sort of the similar kind of pop stars, not pop stars, yeah. that's the wrong word, but similar kind of musicians that, you know, you mentioned as well. And so kind of getting free software that was kind of given to me by a friend was was a way that I could just, it's almost like having a notebook, but with sound, yeah. that I could kind of go and start making sounds with. Yeah. And back then, I also, what I also liked, I mean, I don't know, maybe some, the police is coming after me now, but I really liked <laughs> um, LimeWire and Napster because I yes. didn't have a big, I didn't have a big music library. Mm. And when these things came up, I was, I was able to go through all these blocks that, that existed and just download all these links, all these rapid, all these albums and mm. listen to any kind of music. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> I know, me too as well. And I think it was, for me, I felt that there was this kind of golden age of, of the internet, maybe, where I would, yeah, again, I hope the police don't come for me as well, um, where <laughs> I, I'd be going like, what is that? There's this Aphex tune, the Aphex twin tune that I, I really want to find. And I want mm-hmm. to, pl- I want to own it. Uh, I want to play it, um, maybe because there wasn't streaming, I guess. And yeah. And then maybe there's also this song by an 80s pop band, like To Powell, that I really want to hear as well. And, and then you'd have that little green bar at the bottom mm-hmm. of LimeWire going 30%. <laughs> and I also think maybe for films as well, I used to like, this is really naughty, but pre-streaming down torrent things from like torrent sites. Yeah. And I feel like now uh, maybe my film taste has got a bit narrower because I look at what's on the streaming platforms and then that's my choice. But um, back in the early, in the late 90s, late noughties rather, if there was a piece of music that a friend told me about or a film that I heard something cool about, you could just go and find it and educate yourself, I think. Yeah, it, I think also it was more, there was a bit bigger it feels at least i don't know maybe i just got a bit more lazy also and i have more mm. i have more work so that also doesn't help really 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I had way more time to look around for stuff that interests me. I still do that with music. So I, I, I go through Bandcamp and listen to a lot of new, new music I wouldn't mm. find anywhere else, really, I guess. But with films, I, I have the same thing. Yeah, I mm. think it's because you go to these platforms or sometimes I go to, to Guardian or to one of the bigger news outlets and just look for their recommendations mm. or sometimes you hear something on instagram some people some someone is sharing something but yeah in general i think it got way more narrower because i was living off these blogs of people mm. just recommending stuff they liked i found many amazing things through that Yeah, it was a it was a really little interesting period time of education yeah. <laughs> for me, and and also you mentioned just now about like the kind of the moving to Berlin in the late noughties, yeah. and uh, that being an interesting time. Like I I feel really sad that I I started visiting Berlin in two thousand and twelve, so that was just oh, yeah. at, at the end of that kind of era, and mm. um, since then I've heard you know, so friends and through people I've interviewed and just living here, so many stories about um, how cheap it was um, in for a couple of decades to live here, how inexpensive and yeah. the kind of the way it allowed people to be really creative as well. Um, was it really this kind of, for you, did you find it this, this kind of bohemian paradise that people talk about or, because I guess everyone's I mean, different versions is quite personal to them isn't it i don't think it is like it has been like that but for me mm. I, coming from vienna um moving away from home basically and i just wanted to, i needed a fresh start basically so i i feel like for me it felt like that also my my part my my boyfriend he was a he still is Uh, my husband now, my mm. he was a mu musician. He went on tour, so everything was sort of ah weird. That's I never saw these things before. You know, people living mm. off music. See, he obviously had a bunch of friends who did that as well. Um, but no, I think it it's it was really fast. So I came way too late as well. Mm. But I I'm not nostalgic about that time because I also think it it was a a little bubble for only a few people. You know, sort of a. It's a, it feels a bit like making a, putting a nice filter on your on the past. And <laughs> I think there's still loads of exciting things in Berlin and there's still loads of space for for new things. Not the same way maybe, but I know a bunch of young people because I started studied again. I just mm. finished two years ago. So I I've spent three years with younger people. Mm. And there's still cool stuff going on. But we are just older now. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I think there's a tendency quite often to carry certain nostalgia of the age yeah. when, when you were like, say, the age of the people you were studying with, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and I think it's, it's, I love, you know, it's, I always try. I mean, there's a tendency in me I can get a little bit narrow. Then I'll be in contact. I'm teaching at the moment, and oh, yeah. be, being cool. in contact with with younger people, it kind of does give me a sense of realizing. Hang on a minute, you know, everything is a cycle and restarts, and yeah. everything is fresh to someone, you know. And, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the rent is a problem in Berlin. Definitely, yeah. it makes things not that easy anymore. Be, be, What what I hear, I didn't move. I just moved to another apartment, to a new apartment for the first time since I since I lived in Berlin. But I heard from friends who live here since forever. They mm. used to move around quite a lot, and that's not an option anymore. Like once you're you have an apartment, you can afford. Everyone sort of 
stays put. Oh my God! It's it's the kind of the gold rush of Berlin, isn't yeah. it? It's like the kind of like, have you got? Oh my God! Do they do Ameldung as well? Oh my yeah, God! Yeah, they exactly. do. Yeah. And you mentioned you mentioned uh, your partner now, your husband as well, and you both yeah. do the the UMA project together. Um, yeah. Am I saying that correct, to... Uma or yeah. UMA? Uma, we just call it Uma. Uma. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, and I was listening to that over the weekend as well. And oh, yeah. so nice. beautiful. Like, so I love, again, it sort of feels so naturally extends to the work you do on your, your own, your solo work as well. There's this sort of real nice blending of kind of warmth textures between organic textures and sort of more synthetic textures as well. You, you sort of mentioned them that you used to. Is that still going I mean, we, we just released one song, but that mm. was an old song. I, I think lots of people I know released, recycled some music for f during the pandemic. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and the song we just released, White, um, we, we recorded for our first album in 2012, actually. So we released that. But I think Uma is sort of, um, might be a project from the past. Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> but we still work together quite ex quite extensively actually. So we just we finished an album last year but it's mm. nothing like Uma. It's not songs, it's more compositions with lots of voices, lots of processing, um lots of different instruments also. So we have a different approach. We had to find a way to work together and it took us mm. quite a long time and Uma was I think Uma was one one part of it. And right. the fun part, but yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So so the new project, so the new material, it might not yeah. be it might not come out as Uma then. It might come nah, out. No, it, it definitely it can't. I don't right. know. It, yeah. it it would be weird for us, I think, but also not fair to Uma. Mm. <laughs> 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 and and um do you work working with your husband as well? Is this kind of like um do you feel like uh do you ever kind of clash? Did you keep things separate the kind of creative side from the kind of living together side yes every we clash all the time um, <laughs> it's not easy it's very strange but somehow it's everything not everything we do together but with a lot with loads of things it feels that, that the outcome is better if we do it together rather mm. than doing it on our own so yeah we we feel like we have to do some some things certain things together mm. But we fight all the time. It's terrible because we're just so different as people and also the way we work is so different. I'm very, I like to be very, not slow, but I need it quiet and I just work my way through things and he's very fast and impatient and da 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 da. And so it's just like, oh. So we usually, we just, <laughs> we, we handle projects, we give the projects back and forth to each other. So I do something he sits at the computer then then i come back again so we 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 not try to not spend time together in front of the computer or in the studio mm. only towards the end when it goes to finishing arrangements and details i guess that's a really good way to with 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 a partner of any kind is is to sort of like work together is you kind of find a way to make it work don't you because yeah. the, the result is is amazing and the kind of the, the people that go into it are amazing but you find your different balance of um oh sorry your phone i think your phone's going no i think it's just outside ah, but i'm no not worries. gonna open up 
Nah, nah, no, I, I don't. I never. Do. It's always just for me. It's just Deutsche Post if, if the if the buzzer goes. <laughs> no, it's usually never for me. Oh. Right. <laughs> no, it's never for me with Deutsche Post. Yeah. It's just for someone else, or someone mm-hmm. else's, or someone else has ordered Domino's, and, and that's yeah. Really but good. there's also someone else, someone else here. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and also, like with the with the uh, the film music as well, with postcards from last summer film, for example. Um, yeah. You do this film composition, and again, you kind of breathe your own natural style into this. But how different is it working with commissions, for example, where you have to kind of work with a brief, I guess? And... Yeah, of course. Um, for for but for this film in particular, mm. it was it was an amazing collaboration. I just wrote with the um, director just before our our talk here, mm. and Camilo. And he, he and I, we we had hours and hours of FaceTime calls, and we to to find a tone. But he was very trusting, so he didn't have a lot of um, he didn't give me a lot of briefing or the direct directions. He just mm. gave me a bunch of music and let me do it basically. And then we worked. I came up with an idea, and then we worked through that. But on a very, it was very very unusual for commissions there have been the other commissions where you have to where you have to stick to a brief but that's also it's also fine yeah but i, I mean must have been i mean i think there's certain things about working to a brief that are really amazing yeah. like, in terms of giving you a structure and giving you like real direction but in this case it must have been a really lovely experience to have this kind of trust with the director as well where the director it feels from what you're saying that the director was like feels that you're on the same page so they let so they let you have a have time to experiment maybe yeah oh, definitely i mean i had i had a lot of time we didn't have a, a tight deadline which also which i depends now i say i prefer it but sometimes i don't actually <laughs> <laughs> sometimes the tight deadline is something is something very good mm. um yeah it was just really really nice because he we have this we have we don't have a similar taste in music, but we understand music. He has a very good understanding of music and he can talk about music very well. He can mm. describe what he likes and what he doesn't like in musical terms, which is rare, but also gave me the opportunity to try out things because he already uh, always knew exactly what what's the problem with something, what mm. he doesn't like, why he doesn't like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, that, and how long did you have to do that score? I think we had three months, which is an l- extremely long time for mm. for a short film. Yeah, yeah. And he wanted to have um, songs as well. And I enjoy mm. writing songs. But sometimes, especially during that time, and I think now it would be the same, it's really hard for me to... At the moment, I don't feel like I have loads of things There's loads to say i mean there's loads to say but i don't want to complain you know Mm. i don't want to complain in my music about what's going on or just be like everything sucks i hate politics the world is uh, in turmoil and i can't stand it anymore so when you when you have to write a song to a film there's already some there's already a message a story there basically mm. and you can work with with this material so you don't have to always come up with your own material and i quite enjoyed that with that film yeah um 
so you're still mentioning there about the kind of like the world situation and, and things like that and and it, it, it you know sort of like giving you a, a sort of structure to kind of yeah um, exactly. definitely and and is it like you sort of mentioned you didn't really want to comment on with, with your music or maybe it's too sometimes we you know I, it's like with my podcast as well there's points where I feel like I, I have to say something about something that I feel very strongly about in the world but then I also feel like why why uh, I don't I also feel that you have to you mean yeah I mean some maybe there's there's times where we have to maybe there's times where maybe I don't feel prepared to yeah yeah mm. yeah I know what you mean. I mean, I do talk about politics quite a lot mm. in my social media, for example. Mm. It's such an easy way to to share <clears throat> injustice and um, to share news, basically. Totally. And if you have the resources, just just go ahead and do it. But with songs, sometimes I find it I find it difficult to. Also, because I'm not a native speaker, maybe I find it difficult with my English language right. skills to to be on point sometimes, you know, with what I wanted to say. And with this film, for example, mm. it was it's a very feminist film, and uh, the, the the topic in itself is uh, the awakening of two women realizing that they are be that they are oppressed by society, and they mm. they want they're trying to get out of this whole vicious circle. So the the topic itself was already very close to my heart. Mm. which gave me the opportunity to write about something I care without me having to actively choose the topic, which is maybe, I don't know, now that I'm talking about it, I'm like, uh, maybe I'm, I should risk more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, to be honest with you, I totally empathize with you because I think if someone asked me that, I would start to think maybe I should risk more. But then also from what you're, but I don't think that's true. I think we have to go what we've, You know, like, and also what you're saying is like that feels like a really film project feels like a really good vessel in terms of like you're supporting yeah. you're supporting this idea through your music yeah. anyway. You know, and um, yeah, exactly, and that's what I like about film work as mm. as well. So the other documentary that's just showing on um, German TV right now, it's also a very feminist feminist mm. film, which is also really cool. And it just happens to be the these topics I like to work on mm. that are, that come to to my into my life through the projects I work on, which is amazing. You're also part of the Alliance for Women Film Composers, yes. As well, are there are there like uh, women out there that you feel are just not given the same opportunities? Oh, I think that's there's so much work to do. I can't, I don't mm. even know where to start. Honestly, I mean it's it's getting better which is really really cool to see women are getting bigger projects which is so important because if if women are not getting the bigger projects they will never be or female identifying um mm. people that they will never get the same visibility and if you don't get the same visibility it will never be important on the other hand i always think it's uh, it's so sad that we that we have to have these this, this distinction between I'm a composer and I'm a female composer. It's like, no, mm. I don't, I want to be a composer as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess it's like, is it maybe, is it a bit like with actors, like calling, calling some actors, actresses rather than actors maybe. And I know some, some actresses prefer to be called actress that I know. And some, yeah. 
would rather be called But that's actor. a separate word, you know, but right. female composer, it's just... Yeah. Just, oh. <laughs> why, why does that have to be there? <laughs> but it has to be, because yeah. otherwise um, it will just stay the same. Language is very important. Language mm. is a very important tool, I feel like. And yeah, but I think there's so much work to do. I, I know stories of, of very, very um, successful female composers who who are still not getting the trust they deserve. I think there's a big lack of trust within the industry that female identifying um, humans are able to pull off these big projects. You know, can they really do it? I'm not so sure, you know, she's not a man or they are not a man. Mm. Hmm. Difficult. Yeah. That's still something that's very much the truth. I mean, the numbers are not great. You know, if you look at the statistics for studio films for example in in the states they're still quite depressing if it if the world would be a different place i would say ah we don't need a quota but i think we do need quotas mm. everywhere actually because things are not gonna change if there's not a rule for something companies or whoever not even state-funded films have a fair quota you know in mm. germany the, the whole film industry is heavily funded by the state it's the the balance is there's no balance at all it's mainly men mm. and uh, do you think that some of those men will kind of go and employ their friend who might be a man as well and, and could of course the i mean i ask my friends if mm. i have some work you know that's what yeah i mean i think that's a natural thing to do and also sometimes or very often probably the turnover is quite fast and then you you of course the first person you think of is is your friend or mm. or this other male person you heard heard about and that that's who you're going to contact if you're in a hurry i was studying sound design i was the only female identifying person in my course for mm. 3 years and we had no all all the teachers were male mm. And I told my professor in the end if because he asked me if i have some points of critique for him and i said i that it is weird that there's there's only male teachers and mm. they all loads of them studied together as well which was i don't know strange to see <laughs> <laughs> and she's like ah true you're right i didn't even realize and that's that can't, that can't that's that's that that can't be you know <laughs> That has to, yeah, yeah, no, totally. That, that's it's, outrageous. It is, it is. It's, it's a horrible little, it's a horrible yeah. little, little party. I mean, he didn't even realize it's something. Yeah. I was just, I was speechless. Mm. I came home to my husband and was like, you know what he said? He didn't realize that he's only having meetings with men all this time. Come on, how, the, yeah, it's very strange. You are very infuriating. Yeah, <laughs> I know. No, totally. Yeah. Well, thank you for being honest and sharing that with me. Yeah, um, sorry. No, no. I, I think I'm really. I think I'm really appreciative and grateful that you you uh, f were able to talk about that as well. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm also aware that I'm a man asking. That's fine. These questions as well, and and. But it's good that you ask. Okay, cool. Thank you. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, and like, 
in terms of like the future and yeah. where where things are going and with you, you've got this this unnamed or at least unrevealed named project. We don't we, have a name yet. We don't have a name. <laughs> <laughs> do, do names kind of? I sort of mentioned about names earlier on. Do, do names kind of are names easy for you, or, or do they are they the last thing? You know, when the, when the when the music's going off to being mastered, you're still fumbling for names. <laughs> For song titles, I think mm. it's easy because I always, I, I like, I always have a, if I start working on a song, I always have kind of a story in my head because I love, I love stories. And I, so that helps me to, to come up with a title for a song, but for project titles, I think it's quite hard. That's why I changed my, that, that's why I just changed everything to Ella Zwietnik mm. because that's my name and everything I do, I do, you know, so why not call it? by my name basically but then for this project because it's the two of us maybe we need a project name or i don't know we don't know yet mm. yeah and other than that um there's gonna be an ep release with um turkish female composer akin feel we oh, wow. we got some funding for from goethe institute and we wrote an ep together mm. so that's gonna come out in april which i'm very excited about there's going to be some soundtrack music coming out sometime soon, hopefully. Mm. Ella, thank you so, so much. I think, I've, I think thank that's you. it. Thank you so much. That was a really lovely interview. Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> oh, it's a pleasure. <laughs> so that was Ella Zweignig there talking with me on Lost and Sound on March the 15th, 2021. A couple of hours ago now, uh, we had that chat. I'm along the canal in Kreuzberg and it's just started tipping it down. I don't have an umbrella because I bought one of those really cheap ones that as soon as the wind blows, it kind of goes outwards like an upside down crow and falls apart. Um, and so I'm going to get very wet and I don't want this recorder to get any more wet than it already is. And so I'm going to say goodbye to you, but I'm going to post links to her music on the socials and in the descriptions and stuff like that. I hope you're keeping warm. I hope you're keeping well. Um, I look forward to chatting to you soon. and Sound is written and produced by me, Paul Hanford. Title music by ESO. And a big thanks to Kieran Yates in the UK for mastering the levels. And this episode is being hosted by Bear Radio. And you can check out other English language podcasts from Berlin by going on bearradio.org. And if you enjoyed listening, please hit subscribe and leave a comment. It really does help. 
And if you like, you can also help with the production costs of making Lost and Sound by buying me a digital coffee at coffee.com. There's a link in the socials. Take care and speak to you soon.